Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Amen. So good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. And uh, what appropriate uh, measures it is to take time to set aside today to honor all the dads. Uh, Dad, thank you so much for serving your families. Thank you for leading them in worship today, for being in the house of the Lord. I want all our dads to just stand here real quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, as we're getting things kicked off this morning, and we want to bless you. Yeah. Yeah, and pray God's blessing over your lives. Listen, dads, listen, dads, while you're still standing there, let me tell you something. There is a, I don't have all the specifics of it, but there is a, there is a study that shows that the propensity of a child to worship Jesus and to serve the Lord is exponentially increased. Like I'm talking about it starts at 5% and it moves up to 95%, somewhere in that range, of how likely a child is to serve the Lord if they see dad serving God and worshiping Jesus. So God bless you and thank you especially for leading your family in worship today. Come on, let's give it up one more time for dad in this place. And let's pray, Father, we come to you in the strong name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that these men are facing spiritual battles because they're leading families. And they're leading families into the purpose of God. And they're leading families towards righteousness and morality. And God, we know that that upsets the adversary and he comes against their lives. So Father, today we just pray a special strength upon Dad, Lord. We, we pray, God, an abundance of blessing just to rain down in his life. Lord, shroud his heart with good things today, I pray. With courage, Lord, with abundance, with blessing, with favor, with joy, with peace, oh God. And let your peace rule and reign in his life today, we pray, in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house today. Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Amen, amen. So today I have a reminder for all of the dads out there of what a powerful opportunity there is set before you. But before you tune me out and and just say, well, you know, some of you may be thinking, well, this is the message for dads today, so I'm going to go ahead and start fixing launch in my mind, you know, and getting all the logistics of that stuff worked out. No, hang here with me for just a minute because this is not just a message for dad today, but this is a message for anyone who is positioned in such a way as to influence other people, okay? How many of you talk to people? 
I know some of you try not to, but how many of you actually talk to people? I don't mean like preaching like I'm doing right now, but, but you just, you're conversant with people. You have people that you have an availability to speak into their lives. Come on, come on. That should be all of us. We've got, all of us have a realm of influence somewhere along the way. So I want to talk to you today in light of that just to say that, you know, we have the opportunity, every one of us has the opportunity to build a legacy, to build a legacy. Now, uh, you know, and the reason I say that we all have an equal opportunity at building a legacy is this, because there are some things in our lives that we don't get a choice at, right? There are several things. We don't we don't get to choose whether we're born male or female. We don't get to choose to what family we were born into. We don't get to choose the community that we grew up in. We don't get to always choose the opportunities that were or were not set before us. But here's the good news in that, is that circumstances and situation cannot dictate to you what your legacy is going to be. I want to say that again. Situation and circumstance cannot dictate to you what your legacy is going to be. You see, your choices, your actions, your responses to life are the only factors that are going to shape the legacy that you leave behind. What is a legacy, you might ask? Well, just for clarity's sake here, basically speaking, a legacy is an inheritance. It's something that you're going to pass on to successive generations that hopefully by the inheritance thereof they will be enriched in themselves and they will be strengthened and they will be encouraged in the things of the Lord. They will be encouraged by your legacy. It's something that you're going to pass on as a testament of your life. It's not so much an inheritance of goods or money or material possessions. I want you to think of legacy in terms of the lasting impact of your life on those who knew you and the power that you have to influence those that are going to come behind you. That's your legacy. Your ability to influence other people. That's the legacy that you're going to leave behind. And your legacy is the testament of your life that has a far greater reach than the span of your physical lifetime. It has far greater value than the material goods that you're going to leave behind. It's your legacy. And I want to ask you today at the onset of this message, what legacy will you leave behind? What legacy will you leave behind to influence those that are coming behind and even perhaps some who may not ever meet you? Do you realize that God has the power, the omnipotent God, creator of heaven and earth, has the power that if you live a life that is yielded to him, you will have the power and the ability to impact successive generations for the glory of God, whether or not they were ever able to know you or not. That's true. That's true. The Bible says this, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. So the Bible says that a good person 
will leave an inheritance for their grandchildren. A righteous person is going to leave an inheritance for their grandchildren. But there's a couple of things here that you need to note. It's not just the righteous person that leaves a legacy or that leaves an inheritance. Both the godly and the ungodly here are leaving a legacy. It's just what happens to it after they're gone that differentiates between the two. Can I tell you today that if you haven't thought of it before, you are in fact leaving a legacy. You are building a legacy right now. You are building a testament of life that people are going to glean from. They're maybe learning from you what they need to do. Maybe they're learning from you what they need not to do. I don't know. But we are building legacies, every one of us. So we have to determine within ourselves what kind of legacy are we going to leave. I want to ask you this question. Have you thought of your life in terms greater than the years that you have here on earth? Have you considered that there are ways for you to minister? There are ways for you to impact and have an impact and a weight on future generations even after your time here on earth? Have you considered that there are ways for you to minister and and move in people's lives that they can be encouraged by the example that you have set before them even after you're gone? I want to encourage you that if you haven't begun to think about these things, you need to begin to consider these things and ask yourself, what legacy am I building for the generations that will come after me? And we focus on this today because there are so many things that are bound up in parenthood that we pass on to the next generation. That we, that we invest in the next generation. And we, we say, well, you know, how, how many of you have ever caught yourself saying, well, my, my mom and dad always taught me. My grandma always said. What is that? That is you walking in the legacy that they have left behind for you. It's you walking in accordance with what they have established as a testament and as a pattern of life for you. And I want to encourage you today that it's clear from the counsels of the Word of God that we are to take this into consideration, not simply in terms of dollars and cents or material possessions, but in a a sense of morality, in a sense of devotion, in a sense of dedication and commitment. And I ask you again today, what legacy will you leave? What legacy are you going to leave? Now, let let me illustrate this for you. We come into the house of the Lord weekly and we talk about biblical truth and principle. And in order to illustrate biblical truth and principle, what do we do? We go back to Genesis or we go into Exodus or maybe we go into the books of the Kings or the Chronicles or we talk about the prophets or we talk about Job or maybe we flip over into the New Testament and we begin to talk about Peter and John and Matthew and Mark and Luke and Timothy and all these people and what are we doing right then? We are recounting a life that was lived that provided such a testament that it is recorded in the canon of Scripture and now you and I are gleaning from the legacy of godly men and women that have been left before us. Can I tell you that you, through the power of God, can leave that kind of legacy. 
I was, I was in the first service, something came to me, and I had this illustration, and I should have arranged for it to take place in between services, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But I could ask Alan or Pastor Trey to come up here, and they could hit a key on this keyboard, just, just hit it real quick, and it would go, boom, that's it. Then it's going to fall quiet. But there's a, there's a pedal underneath here, and it's called a sustain pedal. And if they'll press that pedal and hit that note, it doesn't matter how long they hold it or if they just hit it really quick, it's going to sustain and it's going to reverberate the tone of that key that was hit as long as they hold that pedal. And it's going to reverberate no matter how quick it passes. There's going to be a sound that comes from it, and it's going to be sustained. And what I'm talking to you today about, church, is this. That what is a man's life but a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it's gone. And I believe there's far too many believers that with them, as the fading and the passage of their life goes by, so does their testament of life, and so does their legacy. But I'm talking to you about living in such a way and building such a strength of godliness and such a testimony of the life of God into your being that your being is like that sustain pedal. Your life may come as a vapor that appears for a little time and gone, but the sound and the anthem of your life echoes and resonates for generations to come so that others would know the strength of the witness and the love of God that's in your life. I think about it, I think about it so often, and I honestly, honestly, I, sometimes I feel ashamed. I feel like such an underachiever with all of the things going on in society today and you know everybody everybody in the world wants to quote Dr. King and they want to tell us what Dr. King said and such a powerful legacy now 50 60 years after his death almost and 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 we're we're quoting this man like a you know like a sage and and so wise and he was here's the irony of it all and this is where I really begin to feel guilty and like an underachiever he was 39 years old when he was assassinated but he was so passionate, so passionate about his calls and his call that now that life that was snuffed out so briefly now reverberates. And the anthem of that life still rings, still carries on, and we can still hear the tone of it ringing. And that's what I'm talking to you about today, church, is, is being that type of example. Listen, when we're looking into the Old Testament, you know, we, we can read through Hebrews and it tells about all these great he, uh, heroes of the faith whose lives still resonate of the goodness of God. And we're reading through the Old Testament and we read about Moses and we read about Abraham and we read about Samson. You know, Samson showed us what not to do. He's got a powerful legacy on what not to do. But then we come to a man named Joseph near the end of the book of Genesis. And Joseph was a man that regardless of the hardship that life brought him, regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the adversity, regardless of the betrayal, regardless of the pits that he had to be drug out of and the dungeons that he dwelt in, he stayed faithful to the call of God for his life. Joseph was a deliverer among his people, and he was a prophet to his nation. 
I'm going to illustrate that here for you in just a minute about why I say that he was a prophet to his nation. But I want you to look with me. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 25. Genesis chapter 50 verse 25. Joseph's life, that, that, that note, boom, it's coming to a close. That vapor has appeared for a little time and now it's getting ready to vanish. He's getting ready to leave the scenes of an earthly existence. And Joseph is there and all of his family is gathered around. And Genesis chapter 50 verse 25 says this. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid. There's that prophetic word. God, Joseph was a prophet of hope. Joseph was a prophet of deliverance. He didn't say, listen, I'm about to die. Here's what Joseph could have said. And here's what most of us probably would say. Listen. I'm the only person in this kingdom that's sympathetic to your causes. As the Hebrew people, you're living here in Egypt. I'm the only one that's sympathetic to the, to the causes of the Hebrew people. And I'm telling you that I'm getting ready to pass from the scene. And I don't know what might happen next. You know, it could be really hard times for you guys coming around the corner. I just want to prepare you for it. And I just want you to get you ready. And I just want you to have you understand that, you know, the Pharaoh, the next Pharaoh that comes up, he might not love you guys the way that I love you guys. And I've got favor with the Pharaoh that's going to steer things for you guys. And I just don't know how things are going to work out after I'm gone. That's a prophecy of doubt. That's a prophecy of pessimism. But Joseph said, no, 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 no. Let me, let me tell you guys something. We're not even going to talk about the hardships. We're not even going to talk about the hard things that might come because this is all I want to say to you in the closing moments of my life. I've only got a few words left to say to you. And what I want to say to you here is God will surely come to your aid. God will surely come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up from this place. He says, listen, gang, God's going to take you out of here. He's going to take you to a land of liberty. He's going to take you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And when you go I want to go with you you might just take bones in a coffin but I want to go with you where God's leading you I want to go fast forward from Genesis chapter 50 400 years into the future 400 years into the future Exodus chapter 13 and verse 19 so powerfully illustrates what I've been sharing with you already this morning and that is this 400 years later, God spoke to a man named Moses and said, I have heard the cries of my people rising up out of Egypt because they're oppressed there. And I am going to lead them out. I'm going to lead them to a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to lead them to a good place. And Moses, I need you to go for me. Moses went in. You all know the story well. He made his declarations there before the Pharaoh. God delivered them out of that place. But Exodus chapter 13 verse 19 says this. That along the way, Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. And he had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. When they began to see the deliverance of the Lord, they began to remember the words of their brother Joseph. And they said, hey, Joseph said, I want you to take my bones with you when you go. 400 years later, they're remembering, they're still hearing the reverberation of this man's life and this man's legacy. 
You see, it's not about circumstance. It's not about situation. Those things can't dictate what your legacy is going to be because if anybody's ever had a hard time, it was Brother Joe in the, chap- in the 50th chapter of Genesis as he's laying there on his deathbed. But no, 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 he prophesied. He was a prophet of hope. He was a prophet of deliverance. And 400 years later, they remembered him. Here, here's another example from the Old Testament, Ruth. You remember the story of Ruth? Ruth made the right choices when she came to a crossroad in her life. And her name is preserved in the New Testament in the lineage of the natural family of Christ. But her sister-in-law, Orpah, was given the same set of circumstances and, and the same choices to make. And she made a very different choice and she chose another route. And her name is never mentioned again after she made that choice. And I'm telling you today, church, that you can build such a life and you can build such a legacy that it will outlive you and it will minister to people that come behind you or you can build such a legacy that's not worth mentioning again. And that's the power of your testimony. And we read, we read in the New Testament about Peter and Paul and John and we read about the, the legacy that Lois and Eunice left and the, that rich spiritual heritage that they passed on to Timothy. And there could be none greater than the legacy of abundant life and liberty that is ours in Christ Jesus. And the word says that Jesus lived and left for us an example that we should follow in his steps. And I want to ask you today, are you following, are you living a life that lights the pathway for generations to come? Will your legacy exemplify things that will point a generation to the goodness of God? Today we're gathered here in this building. I know that the church is not a building. I understand that. But it is a facility. It facilitates what we're doing right now. Our our worship and our gathering together. And even to, to provide an opportunity for this live stream. As many of you are watching at home today. But today we're gathered in this building that is the fruition of a legacy that was born of the faithful service of a generation of people that mostly have gone before us already. We are affected by a ministry that began as a vision in the heart of a few faithful servants over a half century ago. People that many of you don't know or will ever meet, but they have left a legacy today that impacts my life and yours in profound ways. And over the last few years, I've had the privilege of meeting some great men and women of this congregation, some of whose examples minister to me now in the present, and and life for me will forever be impacted by having known them. I'm different. And the people that I influence will be different because of the influences that they've had on me. How many of you know that you are pretty much the sum total of the influences that you've allowed to speak into your lives? When I look at some of you, I I see the heritage and I see the lineage that you came from and the legacies that you've received, the spiritual legacies that you received. And I know the impact that that's had in your life. And I want to challenge you today that if you've ever looked before you and seen great heroes of the faith and giants in the church, I want to encourage you today that there's a generation behind you that's looking for the same thing. And I ask you, are they seeing it? Are they finding what they're looking for? 
you know, when I, when I sit down with families and after the loss of a loved one, and I begin to talk with them about their, their beloved, before the estates are ever settled and all of the properties done whatever they do with all the properties, I talk to them and I say, would you tell me a little bit about this person? Tell me some of the fond things, the memories, the person that they were. And you know what? I have, I have not one time to this point in my ministry after I don't even know how many times of doing that. I've never sat with any family as they were mourning the loss of their loved one and said, well, they left us plenty of money and they left us a lot of properties, but that's about it. No, 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 no. Most of them say, they showed me what real love was about. They taught me the value of another human being. They, they showed me what commitment and service and dedication was all about. And every day when I get up and I serve my family, and every day when I get up and I serve Jesus, and every week when I go to the church and I serve the body of Christ, I'm doing it as a perpetuation of the legacy that I received from those who went before me. You know, I was reading in the scriptures the other day in the book of 2 Kings. And it says several places in the, in the books of the kings, it says in several spots, it tells about this king, and then finally it comes to the conclusion of his life, and it says this. It says, but not all the things that this king did were recorded in the chronicles of the kings. In other words, there was a record there was a record kept of all the things that the kings had done. And I know that there's a varying number of reasons that, you know, for this being said of those kings, and none of which apply to this point, but it did make me think. It made me think about a couple of things. Number one, even if the world bears no official record of the impact of our lives, it still does not negate the ability that is ours to make a difference in the world. Number two, if our purpose is truly to glorify God and glorify the name of the Lord, it doesn't matter if the world ever knows my name or not. God will never forget and will not withhold reward for the things done to bring glory and honor to his name. If I can leave a generation with a kingdom point of view, then that's all that really matters. If I can leave behind me a people, if my life is a witness to someone who's, who's lost, and I can have an impact in changing the eternal trajectory of their family, then that's enough. If I can leave a family behind or influence a friend who will judge a man by the content of his character and not the color of his skin, that's going to be enough. If I can impress someone with the love of Christ, I don't need the world to bear record of my name. I need a life to bear record that it has been touched by the love of God. That's all. 
And it really doesn't matter if my deeds are ever recorded in the Chronicles of Kings or not. Was it pleasing to my Savior? Did it point others to heaven? Did it tell the wondrous story of the Savior's love for me? Or not? Consider what you want to be known for. Do you want to be known as a man or a woman of great faith? Then exercise faith. Speak faith. Live faith-filled lives. Do you want to be known as a man or a woman of effectual, fervent prayer? Then pray without ceasing. Do you want to be known as a thankful person? Then be thankful. Don't be a person who's continually complaining about what you don't have. Be thankful. You ever run into it? You know, honestly, this is, this is bad. But sometimes I have run into some people that, you know, the best they could find to say about somebody after they were gone was, well, at least they're not hurting anymore. And the truth of the matter is, it's not necessarily that they had, had anything that much wrong with them, but every time you got around them, they complained about how bad things were. And that was the legacy that they left behind. I mean, just grumbler, you know, complainer. Do you want to be known as a faithful person? Then be faithful. Don't just tell people how much you love attending church, how much you love Bible study, how much you love the prayer service. Be there. Be there. You may have to attend online, and that's okay, but be there. Be there. Get on the comment section. Let somebody know that you're present and accounted for. Share the live stream. Help get the word out. Be there. Be faithful. Do you want to be remembered as a grumbler, complainer, a spiteful, sour puss, deceitful, or a gossip? Well, that, that too, through the practice of our lives, can be accomplished. It's quite possible that we can pass that on to the next generation. But you are building today a legacy that you will leave for the next generation and quite possibly, if done effectively, the one after that. And depending on the strength, it may go beyond that. But it's very simple. If you want to leave a great legacy, then practice what you preach. What we say is one thing, but how we live is another. And those two of what we say and how we live need to coincide with each other. And I promise that the action will outweigh the words in the minds of those who survey your life. Now this is not intended to be a morbid thought at all, but I want you to think with me here for just a minute. I believe that it is short-sighted for a people who believe in the omnipotent power of God, a God who can do exceeding abundantly above everything that we think or ask to set goals for this life alone. To just say, look, the only thing God can do with my life is what he can do with me in my three score, four score, and ten. That's, that's it. That's, that's all we can expect for God to do. You know, that, that's, that's very short-sighted. Because our God is eternal. 
And God can do something with us that will reverberate through the lives of generations. I'm telling you, I am walking in, I am living in the legacies, the rich spiritual legacies of so many that have gone before me and poured into my life. And now hopefully I'm influencing you and now people that have long gone are still influencing other people because of what they invested in my life. You're going to be remembered for something. For those who remember you, your life is going to speak of something. But what? But what? In the first service, I... I picked on Brad and Teresa a little bit because they've got a, a relatively new little grandbaby. I said, one day if the Lord tarries and time lasts and the natural progression of things unfolds, that little grandbaby who now is less than, less than, is she less than a year old? She is a year old, right? Is going to grow up. Quite possibly we can project her being married, having children of her own. She's going to have stories to tell about Grandpa Brad and Grandma Teresa. And what is she going to say? I can remember my great-grandmother very vividly. I can remember people in the community being concerned that possibly that she had fallen in the house and hurt herself. She lived to be nearly 99 years old. She lived by herself that whole time. And they'd hear something and they'd say there's, there's moaning coming from her house. And we'd go over and open the door and ease in. And there was moaning, all right. Grandma, praying for revival, praying for an outpouring of the Spirit in her community, praying for God to bless her children and her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren. And I've got to tell you, I'm walking in that legacy right now. And somebody's going to walk in your footsteps if time lasts. And what about your life? is going to influence them in what way? And I'm telling you, church, we are so tied up for the most part in petty, foolish, temporal things that we don't take time, I think, to consider the impact, the extenuating impact that our lives can have on a generation for the kingdom of God. What will your legacy be? What kind will it be? I want my legacy to impact eternity. I want my legacy to point others to godliness. I don't want to be the guy who's held up as the shining example of what not to do. How not to live. How not to be. I don't want to be the guy who's so miserable that when others think of me, all they can say is, poor guy. How long will it last? There's some great examples, good and bad, that endure for generations. There are some that are mentioned and then they pass from our minds. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a missionary. 
You simply have to be a faithful servant of the Lord who loves Him and loves Him and keeps His commands and is faithful to His call. And I'm telling you, church, that those that come behind you are going to see your faithfulness and they're going to revere your faithfulness and there's going to be something about the testament of your life that's going to witness to them even after you're gone. So here's a lesson for all of us during the present circumstances of the world. Did you note in Genesis chapter 50, it doesn't even record Joseph's mentions of the hardships that are to come. He simply reminded them that they were a people of promise and that God would surely help them to attain the promise. He was a prophet of hope. He was a prophet of deliverance. He was a prophet of faith. God, I hope that my voice sounds a lot like Joseph in the lives of my children. I hope that my voice sounds a lot like Joseph in the life of my congregation and my community. Joseph prophesied so profoundly and positively that 400 years later, it was still impacting people. It's still impacting people today. Don't discount that. Let your life be the life that God uses to bless your children and their children and their children's children. If you haven't considered it, consider it today continue building a legacy that tells of the goodness of God. Would you stand with me all over this congregation today? In just a moment, we're going to do two things. Well, we're going to do one thing, but we're going to do it for two purposes. The one thing that we're going to do is our worship team is coming and they're going to begin to lead us in song. And as they lead us in song today, this is how I want to challenge you. Number one, let me just say this, that the, the, the beginning of any good, lasting legacy begins much like this. It sounds something like this. For one day at a church service, I believe it was in June of 2020. My dad, my grandma, my grandpa, they were in a church service and we're not really sure what happened and we don't even know what the preacher said. But the thing that we remember most is that in that moment as the worship was being sang and the word was being declared, the Holy Spirit began to deal with their hearts. And when the invitation was given, they got up and they went down front. And they prayed to receive Christ. And from that day forward, they were a brand new person. Old things had passed away. and All things were made new in their lives. And from that point forward, they were just the most beautiful and loving and kind people. That's where... A great legacy starts so today I want to challenge you that if you have not made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life in just a minute there's gonna be some other people who are gonna to come to this altar and I want you to come with them 
And if you would meet me right here at the center, right in front of this pulpit, I want to pray with you today. And you can start building a tremendous and powerful legacy all your own. But this is the second purpose. And that would be those among us who today are comfortable to move out from where you are. I understand if you want to stay where you're at. But if you would be so inclined today and you're comfortable to do so, I want to invite you to step out from where you are. Just as an act of commitment, of dedication to say, Lord, I want my life to count not only for the here and now, but I want it to impact eternity in the lives of those that come behind me. Jesus, help me to begin to build that type of legacy in my life and my family. And if that's you, as the team begins to worship the Lord this morning, would you just begin to slip out from where you are and come and stand here at this altar before the Lord? You can stand at your seat with upraised hand if you're comfortable, more comfortable doing so. But right now, if you're at home, just go ahead and make an altar and begin to make that proclamation right now and say, Lord, I want you to use my life, not just for right now, but I want you to use my life to build a legacy that'll last, that'll minister through the successive generations to come. As long as you tarry your coming, God build a powerful witness and testimony in my life that will change, that will inspire others, so many others with the goodness of God. If that's you, you want to build your life upon that rock, the, the sure foundation of God's love as they sing, would you come? We'll wait a few minutes here this morning. Guys, go ahead. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.